Hello, everyone. I'm Sergio Acosta, and this is Dance in Conversation. Welcome. Our last event was all about miradas and cabeceos, and more than 50 people came together to talk about these tango gestures. The event was warmly and brilliantly led by Yaba Kelchaiti, tango dancer, relationship coach, and founder of Dance in Conversation. It was not a debate. It was more like an exploration of what lies behind miradas and cabeceos. In other words, what really happened when you invite someone to dance in a milonga. The conversation very quickly evolved into energy, deep presence, vulnerability, honesty. Once again, we learned that tango is way more than just a dance. We were honored to have three panelists, Silvia Mesazoma, tango performer and teacher, Sonia Devi, creator and soul of the Facebook group Tango Confianza, and Hans Peter Meyer, embodiment coach and teacher of Argentine tango. They share profound insights that move the soul deeply and I hope if you listen and watch, you will also be inspired by their words and presence. Our events are free and they will always be, but please consider to support us. Any contribution would make a difference and help us to continue setting and promoting this space that, well, if we are not yet dancing, at least gives us the chance to connect and grow a little bit as a community. To donate, go to www.danceinconversation.co.uk slash donate. Thank you for your presence and enjoy. Start and I will start by briefly, just briefly, very briefly introducing us. So, my name is Yeva. Um, me and Sergio, we both created a um, this space called Dancing Conversation. Uh, it's a forum, but it's also kind of like a, a space where, where we explore. Um, aspects, different aspects of tango, and we explore tango not just as a dance, but also as, as a tool for personal development and relationship growth. Um, and we, we like to go deep in, in, in tango. As you know, tango is a deep dance, so we want to go deep into our conversations. I just want to introduce our guests. So we have got Sylvia, Sonia, and Hans. Um, let's start with Sylvia. Um, Sylvia, would you like to just briefly introduce yourself um, to, to us? Uh, I'm Sylvia, I'm Italian, but I'm based uh, in the Netherlands. Um, I'm a tango teacher and dancer, um, and uh, I'm very interested in this, uh, in this uh, forum today because my experience with Mirada and Cabeceo is variegated, I would say. So also as a, also from the, the perspective of a teacher, I've heard uh, many different opinions and I think it's also important uh, uh, for me personally to, to understand a little bit more and to, you know, to transmit a little bit more um, 
the message of Mirad and Kavese also to my own students. So it's nice to be here and to share uh, in this open forum different thoughts. Thank <laughs> you. Thank, you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, let's go to Sonia next. Then. Uh, so I am. I am based in Paris. Um, I'm born from a Chinese father and a German mother. Uh, so I'm very much used to navigate between cultures. I'm a simultician, among other things, and a tango dancer. And uh, I'm. I have uh, wor been working all my life uh, on uh, intercultural communication, uh, helping people connecting from very different origins, for example. So um, connection has always been a big uh, fascinating topic for me. And also the lack of connection, which uh, leads to addictions, which is another topic that I am working on very much and uh, sometimes you say tango is uh, is an, a kind of an addiction is addiction to connection so uh, so that's a that's an interesting topic as well and uh, so after the beginning of the crisis I founded um, the Facebook group which is called uh, Tango Confianza uh, as a way to federate people who um, we discovered are very lonely and um, just to also to give them uh, the feeling of being part of a community. Um, yeah, and uh, one word about Mirada and Cabecil for me, it's a, it's a dialogue. Um, it's, it's the beginning of the connection. Um, so the question is how to make uh, the Mirada and the Cabecil um, caring medium uh, for connection um, while um, staying aware um, and respectful uh, of um, the freedom of uh, everybody. Thank you, Sonia. And Hans, finally Hans. <laughs> Hi, um, yeah, thank you for uh, inviting me to be part of this panel. Um, I'm a tango teacher and uh, an embodiment coach, which means that I teach yoga and other things. Uh, and I'm based here on Vancouver Island. I have clients all over the place. Um, and this topic is, uh, has become really important to me. Uh, lots of us in North America are not interested in the, the codes. They seem restrictive. And the deeper I get into um, issues of vulnerability and creativity, the more I see these tools as a way to, for all of us, whether we're leads or follows or men or women, to go into uh, deeper places with some sense of um, structure or protection. And, um, and, and in that, then be able to to connect as 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 uh, Sonia and Sylvia have talked about to connect and and to create to create art, which I think for a lot of us, the more we dance, uh, the art uh, and the connection seems to be um, more and more important, rather than just getting together with friends to dance. 
So um, again, thank you for inviting me to be part of this panel. Thank you, Hans. You know, I love that all of you kind of started by introducing themselves, but, but also uh, honoring, honoring the topic and honoring and speaking from a very positive, um, positive side about these gestures. Um, maybe some of you know, uh, we have been exploring within the Tango community about the attitudes, what kind of attitudes people have towards these gestures. And we found that there was no common um, agreement. You know, many people have got very, very different ideas on what it is. And maybe for some, it builds barriers for connection. Uh, for some, they don't, they don't do that. Um, or for some, you know, like you, like you said, it's, it's a beautiful way to create the connection. So I think today we're going to try and err on the positive side, <laughs> hopefully, of the, on the positive side of, of Cabeseo and I want to, and, and Miradas, and I want to start by maybe talking a little bit about, you know, where these gestures started, how, how these gestures started. And I wanted to start with Sylvia, who's, grandmother I she told me that her grandmother uh, was um, a lady then a young lady <laughs> in Buenos Aires and she she was experiencing the then etiquettes when um, when tango was just emerging um, and Sylvia I wonder if you would like to share with us you know about your grandmother what kind of environment she she grew up in what kind of etiquettes were at the time or present at the time and how do you think um that informed these gestures or you know how these gestures have developed or possibly <laughs> developed yes so of course i was not there personally when these gestures started but um uh, i have uh, these clear memories from my grandma telling me stories of her life and especially of her, of her young life. So she was born in 1912. So when she was 18, 20, was the early 30s. Um, and uh, she, she was living in a village, so not, not a big city. And back then, in that, at that time, that society, uh, talking openly to guys would have would have been seen like you know outrageous no way I mean a, a young girl a young woman talking freely to an unknown man not at all not possible so um, then um, girls and and guys in order to get to know each other you know and today it also a certain point they were find they were finding interesting ways so like for example on a Saturday afternoon they were going on the main street of the village and maybe the girls were standing on one side and the, the guys were standing on the other side and maybe the girls uh, in two or three they were walking through the street looking around for the guys trying not to, to be seen too much and the guys looking around for the girls you know and then maybe the guy would have 
uh, written maybe a note or a letter to an interesting girl. And then maybe slowly, slowly things would have started. But everything back then was starting through looking at each other, through eyes contact and nothing more than that, not talking, nothing. And then I can imagine that also in the tango environment uh, in the 20s and 30s, maybe, you know, the society was the same. So um, I would say this is the environment where the Miral and Calesel started, where girls and guys, they had, they could get in contact first just by looking at each other. It's interesting that, you know, you're, you, you're talking about that because I think that is in a way the first the first sign of connection, right? If we look at each other's eyes, this is how we know that, okay, I'm interested, you're interested, right? <laughs> Which I think that is exactly what is happening in, 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 in Milonga. You look at each other's eyes to see, okay, I'm interested, you're interested. <laughs> so that's beautiful. Thank you so much, um, Sylvia, for sharing. I want to go next. I mean, you have been talking about, you know, your perspectives on Miradas and Cabecillas. And since we started on the positive side and you have got your own ideas, your own experiences um, about it, I wonder if all of you might be able to share, how do you think this old tradition can be useful in the longest today? What is it in it that we should honor and appreciate um, and perhaps, you know, use to our disadvantage for, for people to, to be able to, to, to get that connection. Um, so maybe let's start with Sonia. <laughs> Actually, uh, I found it very interesting, the survey you made. And um, because um, it uh, emphasized um, all the fears and uh, the hopes that people may have when they come to a, to um, a milonga. Uh, am I going to be seen? Am I going to be rejected? Um, and, um, oh, it's okay for me to uh, know it's okay and things like that. We had a few people reacting to uh, other statements like, um, I, uh, I enjoy, I enjoy the interplay that happens uh, when doing the Mirada and the, uh, the Cabeceo, one can start to think, what does it mean to enjoy this interplay? And at the roots of it, um, there, certainly is, uh, there certainly is openness to the other um, and uh, generosity comes to, comes to mind as well. Just letting ourselves be surprised, be thrilled even, by the discovery of another person, another individuality. And Milonga is not just about dancing. And, and that's, that's also a, an interesting topic um, maybe to explore because uh, uh, people come to dance, but, um, but it's not just about dancing. And uh, it's also about being conscious yeah, of one's uh, personal freedom and of the freedom of the other. Also a balance between people you know, maybe you are part of a group you know already and you are tempted to dance with people you know, but uh, at the same time, there are people you don't know. 
and maybe people who are new to a place and um, maybe you uh, can be conscious and uh, consciously go towards a new p person for example and uh, so for me it's a matter of balance balance between the familiar and uh, the known and the unknown um, balance between um, personal um, uh, wants <laughs> what you want what you want from a dance uh, dancing with this or that person and at the same time uh, some compromise without um, yeah without compromising with one's own boundaries as well so it's a very complex uh, question indeed as you were talking i remembered something um that one of the people that i engaged on facebook <laughs> said and i really um honored this uh, this this idea that um he said that as you were saying that you know we come here not only to dance and there are some other things that we're doing in Amalonga, we're becoming conscious and aware about our environment. And I like that he said that actually dance doesn't start with the embrace. Yeah. Dance start with the connection, the eye connection, you know, because that's when you, that is the moment when actual connection is happening. Because at that moment, both of the people agree to go into and embrace. And I think that is such an important, uh, I guess, point <laughs> to yeah. make. I, 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 I really liked, I really liked what um, that he said that. Okay, thank you, Sonia. Thank you so much for, for sharing. Um, thank you. <laughs> Hans, how about you? So the question was about why do you think um, you know how how Cabeseo and Marada can um, can be useful in the Malonga, and what perspective from your experience, and what does it mean to you personally? When I first um, was introduced to those these ideas, it seemed awkward and. Um, it was something I played along with because the teacher said we should do this. And I thought she was being very, <clears throat> very traditionalist and very stick in the mud. I was dancing a lot of other kinds of social dances in a very small and comfortable community. And the idea that you would not directly ask somebody just seemed like weird. <laughs> so I loved what your reminiscence about your grandmother, Sylvia. Um, and there was something you said. It was um, interesting ways to make contact, or that was how I interpreted or heard it. The more that I do the embodiment work that I do, so the more that I practice yoga, the more that I <clears throat> just do things like contact improv, the more that I meditate, the more I'm aware that there's a lot of me that gets communicated that has nothing to do with my words. In fact, my words and my mind are often the least trustworthy parts of me. So when you said 
Dave, about uh, this person talking about that the dance starts before the embrace starts with. I would say the dance starts when you make the in, the decision to go to the milonga. You're putting, you're bringing energy up, and then when you walk in the door, people notice you, or they don't notice you. So even before you make eye contact, somebody is feeling your energy, feeling my energy, mm -hmm. and. Um, and to go back to your comment about interesting ways to connect and and then your comments on you about you know what does it mean to enjoy this interplay i i know I, I believe that what i'm learning is that there's a whole lot of ways for me to enjoy being alive that have nothing to do with words and that dance is one of those and there are some people with whom i dance who I've never had conversations with them. I've had the most sublime dances. Uh, there are people with whom I have the most sublime conversations who I really don't like to dance with. Um, so, and there are people who I know who are beautiful dancers who struggle with words. And as somebody who, as you can tell, I like to talk and I'm in my head a lot. I love this idea of getting to a place where I need to engage with people outside of words. And then to go to what I teach and how this shows up. So I do a lot of work around masculine, feminine energies and polarities. And all of us have masculine and feminine energies and we express them in different ways. And, but what I, what I see in the social dance world generally is a lot of excitement about connecting and also a lot of lack of safety. So particularly for women, you know, social dances, and even in our, in our little community, you know, we've had to basically confront men about uh, being inappropriate. And, and then to the point where I had to call the police at one, at one point because they wouldn't pay attention to my words, you know, our words, our collective words, or to women's refusal to have anything to do with them. So I see, things like the codes, or in this case, Cabeceo and Mirada, uh, as ways for us to enter a space. And, and if we respect those codes, it's actually a way for us to do what, what your grandmother did, you know, 100 years ago or 90 years ago, uh, which was, and then as you were talking about, Sonia, to, to playfully engage with each other in a safe way. Yeah. And then to find like, oh, is this, is this person's, and I mean, you can tell from, and particularly women are very generally very sensitive to our energy. They, you can tell like, this man does not feel safe. I don't want to dance with him. Uh, and most of us guys don't get that. I mean, I've had people say to me, they don't trust me. Or I've had one woman say to me who was very important to me that she didn't trust me. And I, it took me the longest time to realize like why she, it, it wasn't like I was being, you know, a, a jerk in any obvious way, but in some subtle way, I was not being present. And so I think things like Mirada and Calaseo invite, challenge us, certainly as most of us men, to not be in our heads strategizing, to not be using words to try to, you know, and you know, make you dance with me, but to open part of my soul to you 
And on the basis of that and, and whatever, however that expresses energy for you to feel comfortable enough to walk onto, for me to lead you onto the floor. Mm -hmm. Thank you. You know, Hans, you had, uh, you had touched many people's hearts <laughs> with that. Um, so we're just sharing. I just read the comments and, um, uh, Thank you so much for sharing that. And what what struck with me was that you said, you know, you're actually you're you're starting your dance once you enter into the room. So even before you actually make the cabeceo and you become aware of the whole. Um, yeah, you were saying. Well, with my students, I say to them, I mean, my my, my business is called Sacred Bodies. Mm -hmm because I feel like there's all this stuff in us that, that really is sacred and we don't treat it, we don't treat our bodies that way. We don't treat our sexuality that way. We don't treat our dances that way. So I encourage my students to, before they even walk into the, whatever kind of dance they're doing, but if it's a milonga, to take a moment and think about this, that they're actually entering into the, somebody once called it, the, you know, the church of tango. Like this is the sacred space. Yeah, so how can we make this, how can we honor that? How can we treat ourselves, honor our own sacred energy, and also the others there? So thank you for letting me interrupt. <laughs> thank you so much. Okay, Sylvia, how about you? Do you have, lots has been shared, but what's your, what's your perspective? Is something that you want, to, you want to add to what has been said already? Well, first of all, I love what both Sonia and Hans said, and um, I think it's very true and I share very much. Um, I just, um, because I'm a very pragmatical person, so I just uh, was thinking of uh, the first time I heard about Miral and Caliseo, and I was like, what? I should go there and stare somebody in the eyes and I don't know this guy and I should go there and just look at him staring at him oh gosh no way I can't do that you know, I was really um, yeah it was shaking me the, this this thought of doing that and then I see when when I explain the concept of Miral and Kalesel to my students often I see the same reaction especially for, from from women Oh gosh, I have to stare at one person in the eyes. Oh my God, no. Um, so at the beginning, I think it's a very probably foreign concept, at least from my experience, for, for the experience with my students, can be a foreign concept. But then once, once you go over the initial fear that you have and you start using it, then you see at least I saw for myself, and I can say to my students, how beautiful is this tool because it allows to connect before doing anything with another person, as has uh, as been already said, and it allows you to respect the space of the other. It allows to, to establish a very subtle, intimate, and respectful conversation and connection before doing anything before deciding to dance together, before deciding to get to, to, to share the tongue embrace. So, um, so I think, um, 
I think that they can be used uh, if, they are, if, if they are well understood and if the meaning behind Mirada and Kalesaro is well understood and they are used properly for, for what they are supposed to be and how they're supposed to, use, to be used. I think they are very, um, very respectful tools to, to share something with, a, with another person or to start sharing something with another person, to start connecting with another person in a total respectful way. So I think this, at least for me, this is the, the most beautiful thing behind Miran and Cabezero. I want to call on Hans. I wonder if you want to say something about, you know, how we can, how can we feel safe in some way? Like how we can, how we can handle our vulnerability? <laughs> well, that's um, from this yogic, embodied place that I come from like that's what a large part of the practice is is about building the capacity to just and it is some may sound jargony but just hold the space for all that vulnerability we want to be vulnerable because we know that that's where the gold is I want to live on that edge I want to cultivate that vulnerability and I think things like Mirada and Cabaseo and to go back to Sylvia's story, you know, like, so the girls and the boys would be looking at each other and they would be taking risks with their looks, but they weren't committing to getting married or to opening up their bodies. They weren't even committing to like going for like a, uh, you know, three time to dance. Several people talked about feeling like a teenager in that, in that moment. And, and most of, I mean, I certainly did not enjoy those teenage moments, but now, now it's like, okay, I don't, enjoy, I don't like that feeling, but that's where I'm alive. Mm -hmm. And I go to tango to connect with that feeling with somebody else. And there will, and I love what somebody said, you know, like the people who I thought were the wrong people because of my interpretation, they ended up being completely different. So it's not so different than than in life and and actually right now with our you know i wear a mask when i go out so i it's hard to hear people but i see their eyes and their eyes are i'm noticing how beautiful our eyes are and you know somebody wrote at one point that you know our eyes are the window into our soul but they're also the windows into our longing and i think in a in a dance hall in a, in a milonga that's when we look at people with that longing. Yeah, we're super open. We're like these little fresh green sprouts and we want for that to be reciprocated. And when it isn't, it hurts. But, but to not open up is even a worse hurt. I mean, I think we don't, we don't go to Milongas because we're not brave. I mean, everybody here who's walked into a Milonga where they didn't know anybody is like the most, it's one of the bravest people in their, in their lives especially if you come from you know a culture where it's it's unsafe or you feel you don't you're not you're not raised to look people in the eye and you're not raised to soften your gaze and allow that part of yourself to be seen to allow yourself to take the risk of being rejected and then to get up and do it again um i don't know like this is one of the most 
one of my teachers said to me once, you know, we dance tango because all of us have a broken heart. That's where we dance from. And instead of and another, some therapist guy who I ran across last year talked about, and particularly for us as men, like when you, when your heart is broken, don't be in a hurry to close it, but like, that's an opening to the world. So for me, this, like, you know, you ask for a technique. I don't, I don't, I don't think we can not hurt. I mean, if, if, we're, if we don't want to be hurt, then we don't dance tango or we do some kind of like prescriptive thing where we only dance with people who respond in a certain way. But I think most of us are here because we want to be stirred in that deep way. And, and it feels beautiful, even when it's really scary. So thank you for the time and thank you for asking me. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Hans. Um, you know, so beautiful. I, I, I remember one of my favorite quotes is by Albert Einstein. You can live your life and see that nothing is miracle, or you can live your life and see that everything is miracle. <laughs> and but you can only experience miracle if you experience everything because otherwise you would not be able to experience the miracle and i think if we you know like what you're saying that we want to you know these are the moments that we feel alive really when we are on the edge because in that moment something happens something more beautiful happens um But if we shy away, if we live, if we live in, in a very comfortable place, then we don't allow ourselves to be vulnerable, then there is no possibility to, there's almost no possibility to experience that. Just, um, just to connect with what uh, Hans just said and uh, what you said yourself, um, Uh, allowing um, to be hurt and uh, is being alive. Um, that's very much also what uh, what um, our friends uh, talked in the little room uh, just before. There was Zoe who talked about excitement and uh, having butterflies um, and uh, especially uh, not knowing what will happen. So I found that very very interesting and very a very charming feeling actually to be thrilled and uh, I think that uh, that's very tangled the feeling to have as to see positive things in negative so-called negative um, anxious feelings um, it's all part of uh, life thank you thank you Sonia I've 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 been told so many times by leaders that they don't invite me milongas because I have a severe aura around me. <laughs> and, and then when they approach me, then they say, oh, but look, you're so friendly and so nice, but you look like you have this severe aura around you, so we don't invite you. So, yeah. <laughs> so I understand, uh, I understand that sometimes it's just really, and, and I really spend I don't know how many years thinking, why do I, why do I transmit this? Why people, they see this severe all around me? Where does it come from? And I still 
I don't, still don't manage to understand. So, you know, sometimes it's also good to go beyond the first, uh, the first, the first look or the first impression. And the second, mm-hmm. um, the second thing that um, uh, that's very interesting is what uh, Danny said that in Argentina. Uh, is, I mean, looking at somebody in the eyes is just a way to say hi, this is normal, right? It's, it's, it's totally part of the day-to-day life. Um, and then in Italy, we also often look at it, I mean, it's, it's totally normal that you walk on the street and you catch uh, lookings from people and you just cross eyes of people you just cross in the street. Um, whilst here in the Netherlands, what I experience is that when I uh, walk in the street, maybe I turn around and I see somebody that is looking at me, but this person always turns the, the, the look away, you know, because it's not, it's, it's not I don't know exactly, because I, I don't, I'm, I'm not uh, Dutch, I see some Dutch friends, maybe they can say something, but I think the culture is that it's not nice, it's not polite to to look somebody else in the eyes, so they are just not not used to that because it's it's not part of of the culture, you know. It is seen some like something completely unpolite, probably. So it's uh, it's very interesting. And so uh, then also when you approach Tango and you approach the Miranda and Cabezal, depending on the culture you come and the, come from, and depending on how you have been brought up. Approaching these tools might mean a completely different thing to you. You know, it can be totally normal, like, oh my gosh, this is a mountain that now I have to hike. <laughs> so it's it's very interesting. Thank you, Sylvia. Okay, and Hans, <laughs> spot for you. <laughs> Well, I've had lots of airtime, so um, I will say something that I just really appreciate what people have brought here. Um, as I said earlier, I think the reason, well, certainly the reason that I go to Milonga now is because I want to make art with people, you know, like I want to get so vulnerable that we're in this beautiful creative place. And I think that Mirada and Cabaseo, as awkward as they are, are really important parts of us feeling open enough to to take those risks. So I just, you know, I, I, I know it's really awkward. I hear lots of awkwardness about it. I I just love what I heard today. So thank you, all of you. Thank you, Sylvia and Sonia. That was beautiful. <laughs> thank, you. Wanted- thank you. Thank you, Hans. <laughs> thank you. Hans, you wanted to add something about your... Oh, your- yeah. So, so I'm, I... I don't know how many of people are on the call here who are from North America or Central America or South America or who might travel, but um, uh, friends of mine are hosting a dance festival at tangomayafest.com in November of this year. Hopefully we'll be all traveling then. And um, I may be teaching yoga for tango dancers uh, at that festival. I'd love to see people there. Uh, Also, um, and just invite people to check out what I do. I'd, I'd love to talk to people more. I, I really enjoy how tango really informs the practice that I have and vice versa. So, um, so 
Yeah, thank you everybody, everybody for, for your insights, for your beautiful ideas, for your generosity, for your time here. And Sergio? No, just thank you everybody for your contributions and for your presence here. And hope to see you very soon again. Take care, have a good evening. Everybody. Thank you everybody. <laughs> Take care everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. <laughs>If you want to join our mailing list and be invited to our next event, drop us a line at info at dancingconversation.co.uk. I'm Sergio Acosta. Thank you for listening.